0: It's only an hour. It lasts an hour with Jeff and Jordan every weekday from 11 to noon. And yeah, we're doing some musical chairs for this afternoon's edition of Longhorn Misfits from 3 to 5. Trey will be there throughout the entirety of the show. Zay will be there for the first 15 to 20 minutes, hanging out past Chip and Zay. Then Jeff Howe is going to jump on from 3.15 till 4 o'clock. And then Bucky is going to join Trey. From four to five. So you'll get a little bit of everybody this afternoon, Trey. Yeah, I'm gonna have to
1: go get a second coffee because I'm pretty low energy right now. And I'm the one constant on that show. So I can't be bringing that thing down. I can't pin it on all three of my co-hosts. That's going to be my fault if that's not a good two hours.
0: Hmm. What's going on with you today? Early morning?
1: A little bit. I tried to get out and play volleyball today and tweak something, so I had to stop after a game, which was a bummer. I don't know. I'm just I'm just in a chill place right now. Uh, it's not performance enhanced for anybody wondering. Uh, nope, nope, not performance enhanced. I'm just uh, just got done eating lunch, grabbed a delicious sandwich from Ike's, and I'm uh, just in a relaxed place right now. I've got some things to do between shows uh, between one and three. A conversation with our friend Sammy P. And a few other things like that. Go snag the kids and then be back and ready to go by 3 o'clock. So, yes, coffee will be en route at some point, probably at about 145 or 2.
0: You got to call Frank Thomas and get your tea up, dude.
1: My tea is fine according to what my normal energy levels are and how things are working down there. I'm not having any issues in that regard, thankfully, just yet. Because I know a lot of people even those who are younger than me who have testosterone issues. So I I have not had to dip into that well just
0: yet. I've had low T since I was 12, dude. Is that right? I just don't want to do shit ever. Is that what low T means? I have no energy to get out of bed every single day. Lethargy
1: lethargy is a potential symptom of low T, but I think yours is just the result of laziness.
0: Mm, Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I just I keep trying to get that free bottle by texting the word man to 424242. I haven't gotten it yet. What is that from? The Frank Thomas commercial? Yeah, New Genics. Frank Thomas, Bucky's guy, Doug Flutie, and Dick Van Dyke, or Andy Van Slyke, one of the two. Boy, if your name is Dick and you have low T, that's just cruel. That's
1: You, you got to change the name at that point, don't you? You got to go by Richard at that point. Richard yeah.
0: Van Dyke. Or just the middle name. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Van All right, Dyke. Van Dyke? The middle name is Van, right? So Van Dyke.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I I knew <laughs> <laughs> I knew a few Van Dykes back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna
0: let you say it, but I was thinking the same thing, dude. I, know.
1: I oh, saw man. it in your eyes. That's why I started laughing. Oh my god! Here we are. Oh
0: man, we're having some fun on a Friday. We'll be here till one o'clock. Of course, Chip and Zay from one to three, and then Longhorn Misfits with like everybody who works for Texas Sports Unfiltered coming your way from three to five. Trey and I will give our picks. For our season-long pick'em contest, I think we went two and two last week. So you're still up by seven games over me in the season-long standings. We will talk some transfer portal. We've got odds, Vegas odds for some of the biggest names in the college football transfer portal. And Texas isn't involved with a ton of these guys, but a lot of SEC schools and some Longhorn rivals are mentioned here. So I think it's worth talking about some of these things, we'll preview Cowboys Eagles and some of the other big NFL games coming up in week 14 and uh the big transfer portal news from a Texas standpoint, Trey. This news dropped within the last hour. Of course, Jeff and Jordan were just talking about it. Isaiah Nayor, Or Nayor, whatever his name is today, has reportedly entered the transfer portal. 2 years at Texas, 1 catch for 14 yards. For Isaiah Nayer, Texas had high hopes for this guy when he transferred in from Wyoming. He was one of the top players in the portal a couple of years ago. The Longhorns brought him in after a tremendous season at Wyoming in which he caught 12 touchdowns and averaged 20 yards a catch for the Cowboys. The Longhorns thought they were getting a steal. Nayer had that amazing spring game. Then he tore his ACL in fall camp before 2022, and I don't know if, Injuries were the cause of why he didn't play this year or just Texas's receivers were so good or maybe a combination of both, but all of the hype and hope and expectations surrounding Isaiah Nayer, uh, He didn't live up to any of it and his Texas career is over. Yeah. It's a bummer
1: because I think he had a chance to be a, a really good player here at a certain point, but that injury obviously derailed things and it's why guys are afraid to leave the field, right? If you leave the field for even a handful of plays or a game, you could get passed up by a guy who shows that he has those same abilities too. And that's kind of what happened to Naor. Part of me wishes that Steve Sarkeesian would go a little bit deeper with the, uh, with the depth chart at wide receiver, but I also understand why he does and he has a track record of sticking with a handful of primary guys with uh, very few other opportunities to go around. So hopefully Isaiah finds a situation that allows him to showcase his talents once again. And there's just another name to cross off the list, BK, as we wonder what's going to happen to this receiving core if and when Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, even tight end Jatavian Sanders are no longer a part of the fray next year. Who steps up? And takes advantage of those available minutes. Jontae Cook is one obvious answer. DeAndre Moore is a possibility. I'll be honest, I'm watching him play, play wide receiver. I haven't been blown away like what I have been with Jontae Cook. So it felt like there was a chance for Naor, but clearly he didn't see things that way
0: yeah i'm with you there and look earlier in the year i was a little critical of steve sarkeesian's lack of wide receiver rotation but you know the longhorns just won the big 12 and they're in the college football playoffs. so this is one of those all right you just trust sark at this point point. and obviously you know worthy and mitchell had tremendous tremendous seasons Jordan winnington we know how important he is to this team so it worked texas stayed healthy for the most part on the outside and uh, those guys carry the load for texas at wide receiver. And, and this, I don't know if I want to say this felt inevitable, but we we talked about this being a possibility. Like Isaiah Nair wants to play. He came to Texas thinking he was going to play. This wasn't like, oh, it's my dream school and I could just sit on the bench for my two or three years in Austin and that'll be good. No, like he had done enough at Wyoming to where he thought he was going to be able to take that next step and be a really, really good player at a major college football program here in Austin and it just didn't work out. And I think it mainly has to do with the injury. Like I think he would have played relatively significant minutes in 2022 if he stayed healthy. And from folks that I've heard from, like, he just, he didn't look the same this year. And they say that like for some guys, some guys can come back from a torn ACL months after they get hurt and it's no problem at all. And they look just as good as they did before. Some guys never come back and look the same, but it feels like a lot of guys, Trey, and you're more of an expert. You're the doctor after all. it it takes guys two years, right? I always hear this thing where it's like the first year coming back from a major injury, you're kind of like figuring out how to play with that injury. And then the second year is when it all clicks. Like just from what I heard about Isaiah and Ayer this year, he just wasn't the same player. So maybe he finds it again somewhere else, or maybe he's just never the same guy after that ACL tear. Either way, the guy wants to play college football, there was no clear path for it to happen at Texas. He's been here for two years, and he barely saw the field. it It makes perfect sense why he wants to try his hand somewhere else.
1: A lot of times coming off of a major injury, I you know, obviously, you think about getting physically back up to strength and speed, but there's often a psychological hurdle oh. where those guys are afraid to push it to the limits that they were willing to, <clears throat> excuse me previously, uh, because you're worried about reaggravating that injury or injuring it again or injuring it a, another body part that's maybe having to compensate for your knee coming along too. Uh, it's uh, definitely a quandary, but I also know that sports medicine is really evolving, and, and we've seen an acceleration in this over the last five-plus years now, whereas things that are were or are still considered performance-enhancing drugs – there are things along those lines that aren't illegal just yet that actually can help somebody with their recovery. Like Aaron Rodgers right now, would he likely have played for the Jets if they were in playoff contention the last couple of weeks of the season? I don't know, but I've seen him going through drills in practice with that <clears throat> with that fixed Achilles and whatever else he's done, whether he's been uh, injecting BPC-157 or using stem cells or something else to help accelerate the healing he looks better than most people who have just suffered a ruptured Achilles like he did in week one of the regular season. So there are ways to speed up the healing process, but it's still really difficult to get over the psychology of coming back from an injury. It's why practice reps are obviously so important and also getting in there in mop-up duty too. Like I'm guessing Nayor has gotten in in games where Texas has blown out their opponent. I don't really recall him though, and it's hard too because – you know, at the ends of games like that, you're most frequently running the football to try and chew that clock out versus uh, doing something new with a passing attack with your second or third string quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that Nayer had one catch this season. That was in the first game of the year against Rice. Right. I don't remember seeing him on the field against Texas Tech. And Texas obviously won that game by 50. That was more of a blowout than the Rice game was. I mean, maybe he got some snaps late. And like you said, Texas was just running the ball a lot down the stretch. So, Nair didn't get targeted, but like I, there were other guys who caught balls, other guys who had targets in that game against the Red Raiders on Black Friday, and maybe the decision was already made by Nair at that point. But, yeah, I went back and watched some 2022 spring game highlights today and uh, just watched Nair, man, and, and he caught that deep shot touchdown from Quinn Ewers over the middle of the field, and it's like, oh, shit, we got something special with this kid, and unfortunately the ACL injury, and then it just – for whatever reason, didn't happen here. So uh, it sucks. Rob asks players entering the transfer portal. Can they play in the semis? No, no, they, they, they can stay here with the program. And I guess they could technically be listed on the roster on Texas sports.com, but uh, they cannot enter the game. So
1: yeah. Oh, is that right? Because no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Hey, speaking of potential replacements for some of these wide receivers next year, it looks like South Carolina transfer wide out. Juice Wells is on campus this weekend. So uh, we'll see if things go well for a guy who had 68 catches and 928 yards, not this last season, but his first year playing SEC football back in 2022.
0: This guy's the best receiver in the portal right now. Now, if Evan Stewart officially enters the portal, it probably... Turns into him, but Juice Wells has some juice to him. And you mentioned the stats from two years ago. He dealt with a foot injury last year, so didn't get to play that much for South Carolina. But uh, this guy transferred in from an FCS program where he was an All American, and then, like you said, put up great numbers in the SEC with uh, Albino Spencer Rattler as his quarterback. And yeah, like he's he's a stud. So this would be a great get. And even before the Nayer news, we were talking about Texas going to the portal to get some receiver help. Uh, I think now it's even more clear that the Longhorns are going to be needing to address wide receiver in the portal. And I, I think they're going to end up with two. Uh, at least they'll try to get multiple receivers. And Matthew Golden from Houston, I think, has entered the portal officially within the last hour or two. He's the guy who had a Texas offer out of high school. Uh, I think the Longhorns could be interested in him. There are a few other names out there. But, uh, yeah, now Juice Wells, glad that he's on campus. Tennessee apparently in the mix as well. Ole Ole Miss in the mix too. I think Oregon is also there. So like, look, Texas being in the playoff and Sark's offense being as good as it is. And the fact that Texas might have two first round receivers, or at least a couple of top two round receivers drafted in April uh, helps with recruiting, but the Longhorns are going to have to uh, fend off a lot of big fish because a lot of other schools realize how good juice wells and some of these other cats are, and they're going to be throwing whatever they can too. So you said you have
1: percentages on some of the biggest names in the transfer portal and where they might end up. I'm assuming that the most talented guys are considering
0: SEC and Big Ten schools the most. We've got some Vegas odds for that before we mention that. Quick word to Altstadt beer. Yeah, Jeff Howe asked me earlier if it's going to be a heavy Altstadt weekend. I mean, is the sky blue? Is the Pope Catholic? Is a one-legged duck swimming a circle? Of course. The answer to that is yes. And the answer to me drinking Altstadt is yes. It's the only beer that I drink here in Austin. It should be the only beer that you drink as well, wherever you are across the state of Texas. Make sure you uh, pick up some Altstadt for the weekend. Of course, please plan a sober ride and drink Altstadt responsibly. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. And also a shout out to our friends at Covert. BK it was out there yesterday, chopping it up with the great folks out there. If you're in the market for a new car, or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, uh, go see Covert BK. Great specials going on all year round. Great service, fantastic people, and of course, the prices. Nobody beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever. Seven brands out there at Covert BK, but they also have Covert Ford, Covert Lincoln, Covert Chevy, the Covert Auto Group, all throughout the Austin area, and they've been around since 1909. If you're looking for a new car, go see our friends out at Covert BK. All right, Trey, yes, I do have some Vegas odds for some of the top players that are currently in the NCAA transfer portal, and you're right. There is a lot of SEC flair with some of these guys. So we'll start with this guy because we talked about him a little bit yesterday. Will Howard, Kansas State quarterback who Texas saw this year. Will Howard played a hell of a game uh, against the Longhorns until overtime. Uh, But Will Howard is in the portal. And of course, his offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, just took the OC job at AM. The favorite for Will Howard's next team is Texas A&M, three to two, followed by USC, who will need a new quarterback with Caleb Williams going, and then Ole Miss. But Will Howard to AM. Is that, is that a big enough name for? a obviously you've got the familiarity with the OC but is that is that good enough to replace Connor Wegman
1: I don't know if it replaces Connor Wegman but it creates a healthy competition in that quarterback room assuming that Wegman sticks around in College Station Will Howard has shown over the last couple of years the ability to do an exceptional job of leading that offense now the Oklahoma State game this last year was a an example of otherwise, but that was an off game for him. I mean, this is a guy that's been starting games since he was a freshman, forced into action because Skylar Thompson could not stay healthy. Now Skylar Thompson, gosh, is he still earning an NFL paycheck? Is he with the Dolphins still? I think so. Good for Skylar. I mean, because Skylar Thompson was uh, talented. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. Uh, Will Howard is a, a, a guy that you can point to as someone that just because they look like something – as a freshman doesn't mean that's what they're always going to be throughout their college career. He became one of the better quarterbacks in this league over the last few years. And I think that th- this is a, a big positive for AM, especially because of all the guys who have already entered the transfer portal or rumored to do so.
0: Why would Will Howard want to go to AM? Like, and because, because his former OC is there. This is not a dig at AM. This is just like that guy has had to compete for minutes the last two years, right? It was Adrian Martinez two years ago. And then it was Avery Johnson who came on and took minutes away from Will Howard last year. Like, like if he goes to AM, you said it, he's going to have to compete with Connor Wegman. I don't think he's like a, a sure thing starter if he ends up in college station. So yeah, maybe he's like, I like Colin Klein. I know I can work in this offense. I'm just going to follow him. But I don't know for me, it's like, dude go somewhere where you're like guaranteed to start. Cause you're good enough to be a power five starter. Maybe not good enough to be the AM starter, but you're good enough to start somewhere in a big conference. Like, Go go there.
1: He does have the inside track because he already knows the offense that Colin Klein runs. But some guys relish the competition. Some guys feel like the competition fuels them into being better. And for Will Howard, look, he was sitting behind Skylar Thompson for a couple of years. He was in an open competition with Adrian Martinez last year, who was the starter at the beginning of the season but ultimately Chris Kleiman realized that they were better off with Will Howard being their starting quarterback. Remember uh, the game against Texas a uh, year and or a little bit more than a year ago, uh, ago now, I guess they started Adrian Martinez in that game. You and I agreed that Texas lucked out that Will Howard was not the guy because their secondary was suspect. And Adrian Martinez was much more of a run threat than a passing threat. Yep. Uh, Will, Will Howard um I get what you're saying, but I also understand why he's making the decision that he is. Because his former OC is now at that new school and because he sees this as a a step up in terms of playing big-time college football for one more season, possibly uh, giving more tape to potential NFL teams that might consider his services down the road too. I think Will Howard does have legitimate NFL prospects and uh, getting one more year at a school that plays in the SEC with the potential for... Uh, better pieces around him too, although he had decent pieces at Kansas State over these last few years. I think it boosts his NFL draft stock.
0: Just to clarify, he has not made the decision. He, these are just Vegas odds for Will Howard.
1: And I'm just and I'm justifying why he would end up at AM if he does.
0: Got it. Okay. Uh Kyle McCord, the Ohio State transfer. Nebraska the favorite at plus two fifty. And AM right behind them at three to one plus three hundred. So you see AM's name popping up a lot in these transfer portal odds for a quarterback. Uh, maybe they're not so sold on Connor Wegman in Aguiland. Kyle McCord, does that do anything for you? Absolutely not. That makes, perfect, <laughs> that makes perfect
1: sense in Nebraska.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Kyle McCord looked as pedestrian as he did with Ohio State's offense and exactly. maybe best NFL draft prospect at wide receiver in like two decades, then I know A&M's got some talent, but he's not going to look better there. And he sure as hell ain't going to look better at Nebraska than he did at Ohio State. So, yeah, I don't know. McCord's an interesting one, obviously a big name. Uh, Riley Leonard, Notre Dame's still the favorite there, followed by Auburn and Ohio State. Auburn and Ohio State. See, I wouldn't be
1: surprised to see a and enter the fray there because Riley Leonard makes a lot of sense in Colin Klein's offense. Very Colin Klein type of player thinking back to
0: Klein's playing days. And obviously, you know, Mike Elko coming over from Duke. He's the former head coach of Riley Leonard and him's fourth on this list. So they're not super far away from the top teams, but I did find that interesting that they were as far down as they are. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, maybe the last name I'll mention. Actually, I'll mention one more after this, but Dylan Gabriel, of course, the Oklahoma transfer, Mississippi state, a one-to-one favorite. Of course, Jeff Lebby was Gabriel's OC. Oh yeah, in Norman, Mississippi State is where Lebby is now as a head coach. It's worth talking about because, well, we might see Dylan Gabriel again because Mississippi State is on the schedule next year, aren't they?
1: I do not remember, but yeah, if we were to see Dylan Gabriel one more time, Will Howard one more time if he ends up at A and M. That would be pretty amusing
0: slash worrisome. Yeah, I mean. It- a lot less talent at Mississippi state than there is at Oklahoma. So I'd, i feel better about Texas's chances to, to beat Dylan Gabriel at round two, but yeah, Mississippi state coming to Austin at some point next year. So uh, we could see Dylan Gabriel. If he goes there, Oregon's also very much in the mix for Gabriel as well. And that completion percentage is going to be effing insane, dude. Insane. If he goes out there. Yeah.
1: What's the other name that you wanted to mention?
0: Cameron Ward, the Wazoo transfer. Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, Ohio State's the favorite, followed by USC, and then AM is third for him. So, mm. maybe a and going to throw some money around to try to get a QB this offseason. Like, they're not going to, like, Mike Elko's not on the hot seat already. They're not going to get rid of him after year one. Even if A&M struggles, they go five and seven, six and six, whatever. Like, I don't think Mike Elko needs to win right now, despite how desperate their fan base is. So, if you wanted to run it back with Wegman and then figure it out next off season. That could be fine. But these Vegas odds seem to think that now nah, the Aggies could be willing to shell some cash around to try to find a quick fix at QB. I
1: mean, Matt rule said it a couple weeks ago that it takes at least a million bucks to land a good QB in the transfer portal. We know AM has the money to do so. I don't know. How would you rank? the guys that they're being linked to right now. So it's Will Howard, Riley Leonard, Kyle McCord. Is there a fourth name on that list too? Cam Ward. Cam Ward. So Cam Ward, Riley Leonard, Will Howard, and Kyle McCord. Is that how you would rank them, how I just listed their names?
0: (sighs) No. I think I'd put McCord over Will Howard. Okay. Yeah, I I would not. Okay. You got McCord four on your
1: list? Yeah, dude. I have no faith in McCord. As you just said, he he was surrounded by those pieces on offense, and he looked mediocre for the better part of this season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cam Ward's an interesting one, though. That that guy's got some juice to him, man. Yeah. Uh, I hope he doesn't go to a school where Texas has to play against him uh, because dual-threat quarterbacks have given us problems in recent years, and that guy is very much – one of those. Where did he transfer to Washington state from? Is he like Eastern Washington or something? Something like that. I think he was FCS and then he ended up at Wazoo. And because nobody has to graduate in today's college football, like he still has probably 14 more years of eligibility left. And, and God,
1: the NCAA is look, I I understand why the NCAA is getting sued for several of the lawsuits that are in place right now, but they're now getting sued for not allowing uh, student athletes to transfer for a second time without having to sit out for a year. And so they will eventually fold on that and say, there's going to be no restraints from year to year. You can go where you want, when you want. And that sucks for college sports. It really does. It creates this, this free for all this wild, wild West that we've been talking about for a couple of years now versus saying, look like you can go from one place to another and you can make more money but there is uh, there is going to be a penalty. Assuming you're not a grad transfer, you get that one-time rule, which I th- think is still ridiculous. But after that one time, yeah, you're probably going to have to sit out unless there are extenuating circumstances here.
0: Yeah, one time plus a grad transfer feels more than fair, doesn't it? Yes. Right. Incarnate Word, by the way. Shout-out to everybody for commenting. Where oh, you Cam San Antonio. Played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was FCS, but I was way off location-wise. Uh, yeah, from the state of Texas. And he's, uh, he's a special talent, man. He really is. He had a great statistical, uh, career at Wazoo. I don't know why it took me so long to pronounce the word statistical. That was weird. I like glitched in the middle of trying to say that word. Sorry about that. Y'all, uh, made some things happen at Wazoo and we'll see where he ends up, but some big names at quarterback in the transfer portal. There's no doubt about that. So anybody like Texas is obviously fine. Uh, we'll see what happens with Quinn Ewers, but. If viewers doesn't come back, it's, it's Archer Malik. That's the name. I think a lot of Texas fans are curious to see what happens to, right? Like everyone's just kind of assuming, especially if Quinn comes back that one of the quarterbacks will hit the portal. There have been multiple reports this week saying that Arch Manning isn't going anywhere. So it feels like Malik Murphy might be the odd man out and he might be the guy who ends up portaling, but uh, yeah, that would obviously be a huge name for right now. Texas, Isaiah Nayor, Jalen Catalan, the two biggest ones. But uh, Texas will not be in the market for a quarterback in the portal this offseason. It's a good thing. Yes, it is. All right. Let's uh, give some shout-outs to some sponsors before we get into maybe some NFL conversation. We'll talk about this Cowboys-Eagles game coming up on Sunday night. How about greatblueairandfurniture.com if you're in the market for a new sofa? recliner, bar stool, chairs, whatever. They've got them at greatblueheronfurniture.com. This stuff looks amazing. It's a custom leather furniture company. They've got a bunch of things that you can choose from online or you can design your own piece. That's right. Reach out to Great Blue Heron Furniture. Tell them what you're looking for, and they are going to custom make the furniture of your dreams. This stuff looks incredible. It's very comfortable, and it is going to last you and your family decades. Amazing-looking furniture that's built to last Manufactured right here in the great state of Texas. It's greatblueheronfurniture.com. Use the promo code hook 'em and you're gonna get fifteen percent off your purchase just like that at great and a word now from our man, Tom McKay, over at AV Consultations.
2: Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or online at avconsultations.com.
0: Yes, indeed. Shout out to AV Consultations. They're going to be one of our great travel partners for our trip to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. If you want to be one of our travel partners to help us get out to the Big Easy, uh, hit us up. Text us on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. You can uh, send us a DM, whatever. Just find a way to reach out to us. We want to help you grow your business. And obviously we'd love to help getting us out to new Orleans for Texas and Washington on January 1st. I think we're booking an Airbnb with all of the Texas sports unfiltered guys. So there could be some shenanigans going on and uh, we're going to tell y'all all about those while we're out there. New years in new Orleans, plus a college football playoff game could get out of control, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Especially yeah.
1: because uh, I, like many other Longhorn fans who applied for bowl game tickets, were denied. So we may just have to have a house party, a house watch party for the, uh, the game on New Year's night if none of us are actually going to the game itself. Oh, you're considering not even going to the game? I don't know, dude. I'm gonna get gouged for tickets if I try and pay for them in the secondary market.
0: Yeah, they're expensive right now. And the cheapest I saw was like five fifty for nosebleeds. The cheapest was five. Yeah, I'm not going to the game. Yeah. So I don't know. You won't be alone. I think there will be plenty of Longhorn fans who do go to New Orleans and then decide to just watch the game on bourbon or somewhere in the French quarter. Uh I gotta go, man. I'll pony up and, and pay. Like I, I can't not go to this game, it's too important.
1: Well, if you are a potential sponsor who wants to pay for mine and BK's sugar bowl <laughs> tickets, we'll give you a lot of love leading up to that point.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Oh man, yeah. DM either one of us with those seats. And if people send us tickets. I'm sure they'll be real, Trey, not fake at all. <laughs> Those scams there.
1: I, I feel like we might be able to bum rush into the stadium like what you were talking about in the Cotton
0: Bowl yesterday. Ooh. Yeah, I mean it's it's very easy to bum rush the Cotton Bowl. Uh, because I just don't think those people care at all. But Sugar Bowl college football playoff game, you would think you would think they have better security and they're more tightened up there. I, I hope they don't, I guess.
1: Did Aren't it, they all drunk? I just assume everybody in New Orleans that's helping you out is wasted.
0: The difference between the Superdome and the Cotton Bowl is Cotton Bowls are all bleachers. So you can you can cram people in. The Superdome's mm. got the actual seats, so it's like it's obvious if there are a bunch of extra people in there, they got nowhere to go. Which I guess they're standing room only sections, so you could find a spot if you get in. But Cotton Bowl, every year, it feels like they just overstuff that place because... There's not seats, and people just cram in like sardines.
1: Oh, I just pulled up a list of other differences between the Sugar Bowl and the Sugar Dome and the Cotton Bowl. Sugar Dome. Sugar Dome. Damn it. Sugar <laughs> Dome and the Cotton Bowl. I like the Sugar Dome, though. That's good. Sugar Dome and the Cotton Bowl. Here we go. One is a dome, and the other is open air. One is in New Orleans, and the other is in Dallas. One is in... Louisiana and the others in Texas. That's it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got one more. One has artificial turf and the other has grass.
0: Uh, what it's do the you list
1: want- that I'm looking at, uh, on the other side of my
0: hand. You have that on your hand. Yeah. You wrote that down before the show? You just you knew we were gonna talk about that?
1: I uh I'm I'm very I'm like a magician with how I can write on my hand when it's down near my crotch, you know?
0: That's disgusting. What are you peeing on your hand? What does that mean?
1: <laughs> no, I just uh the the fifth appendage it can uh it can hold a utensil and it can write pretty
0: well too. You got thumbs on that deal? Well, you have seen this thumb, haven't you? Yeah, that's, that's – just is that what yours looks like down there? I, you know, I don't want to know the answer to it, that. It does actually curve, yes. Sorry. Sorry about that, Jay. That's tough. All right, let's do some picks.
1: It just depends on the angle. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. In the position. Uh, shout out Texas Volleyball, by the way. Yes. I know you were watching that. I saw you tweeting it last night. I was watching that. That game – that match, excuse me. You volleyball purists out there, Trey, uh, went deep into the night. Holy shit. Like I've I've watched a decent amount of college volleyball over the years, mainly in a tournament because Texas has deep tournament runs every single year. But that was like the longest match I've ever seen. That thing just wouldn't end. It felt like a Big 12 football game with all the replay reviews that we had. Thankfully, Texas was able to outlast Tennessee. They faced a match point in the fourth set. They won that fourth set. They forced the winner-take-all fifth. And despite some controversy, they found a way to get it done, and the Longhorns in the Elite Eight for the 17th time in the last 18 seasons. That is stupid.
1: College volleyball needs to get the reviews, the uh, instant replay reviews figured out, because that was excruciating, especially when they're getting the call wrong at the end. Like Texas almost got fucking screwed last night. On what was a very obvious net violation by the Tennessee player that would have ended the match, instead they say, "Well, no, the Texas player. Uh, it was same time, and the Texas player was actually forward attack, but that was not that was not true. That should not have been called that way." So, if nothing else, you're maybe redoing that. If not, giving Texas the win. Tennessee ties it up at fourteen after that, but give credit to this team who obviously understands what it takes to win a championship for staying focused. And uh, ultimately winning the game in the end.
0: Yeah, I got nervous after that, right? I mean, it was 14-10. Texas had a few match points. And then you had that uh, controversial no call that you talked about. There was a long-ass delay there. And then Texas had a miscommunication on the point right after that. And it's like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe that break just uh, took them out of their rhythm a little bit. But they they rallied and, and bounced back and got the job done.
1: I don't fault that mistake either because it's like they made the call and almost immediately Tennessee served the ball. It's like you got can you like give everybody a second to to make the necessary adjustment? Texas had thought or thought that they had just won that game. And all of a sudden they find themselves back on the court facing a serve like 5 seconds after the call is made.
0: I think they were, Tennessee was worried Texas was going to challenge something else and there was going to be another 15 minute review. Yeah, That was, that was bonkers, but shout out to Jared Elliott and the late Madison Skinner. My God, I mean, I'm going to name my first kid Madison Skinner, I think. Like she was insane, uh, big time by Texas and they've got a tough one tomorrow against Stanford in Palo Alto, uh, maybe trying to avenge the baseball team and the bullshit that happened there Mm. a few months ago. Uh, hopefully the lights are a little bit better. I don't want to hear about a GD Marine layer in in Palo Alto for this one. Hopefully that doesn't apply inside the gym.
1: You said that's tomorrow night at that game?
0: Yes, pretty late. I think it's a 9 o'clock Central first serve. Is right. that what they call it?
1: Yes, they do call it that.
0: There you go. I'm a volleyball guy, man.
1: Sounds like
0: it. Yeah, diehard fan. I went to a few uh, matches. At Greg, back in school. It is a
1: very fun environment. Second only to a really good baseball game.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's how you'd rank. Not football. You'd go baseball one, volleyball
1: two. Football can be good, but it's not as consistent. Okay. So baseball, volleyball. I don't know. With the moody rocking like it does now, basketball may have surpassed football on a game-to-game basis. There's just too many games where... The crowd is half engaged at DKR. Sorry, Texas football fans. I got to ding you for that one.
0: It's changing. If, if the Texas football goes on a Texas volleyball, like run, I, I think we'll be okay.
1: I don't know. I was here. I was going to a lot of home games in 2004 and 2005. Those are some good teams that the crowd was still way too sleepy with. Mm. in moments of games, like they get up at the obvious time that you need to get up. The, third down defense needs to make a stop like you need to be need to be making that noise on first and second down too and by the way you need to shut your mouth when your team is on offense the texas crowd isn't always good at that one either God,
0: are you hearing that person above me is making a ridiculous amount of noise i do not hear it no. I have
1: to do something about
0: that here in a
1: second hang, hang on the ceiling with a broom handle
0: i'd have to you get the get the putter out
1: Oh, my gosh. You did it.
0: Yeah, I did. It's ridiculous. Like last night, too. I don't know what's going on up there.
1: Does it Obnoxious. sound like Michael Flatley lord of the dancing it up there? Uh, is that sex? It's
0: uh, the river dance. I don't know if there's any dancing going on. Although it does sound like tab dancing or something. Absurd. I don't know. All right, let's do some picks, shall we? Yes. Six games against the spread. Uh, Only one college game to bet on. We don't really know anything about this college game, but we have to bet on it because it's Army-Navy. It's the most American game, and betting is the most American thing that you could possibly do. So we'll do that in five NFL games. A reminder, Trey is up seven on me in our season-long pick'em contest. Yikes. Army-Navy in Foxborough. Army minus three.
1: Trey... So I just read that Army is no longer going with that triple option. They've gotten close to modern with their offense. They're favored by three. Give me Army to win by more than a field goal. I know
0: nothing about this game other than what I just said. You're in trouble because Bucky made Army a 10,000-unit lock. Oh, shit. This morning. So because of that and that alone, I'm taking the midshipmen of the Naval Academy. Okay. Plus three. The midshipman, is that what you said? Yeah, The midshipman. Ship. Ship. Okay. Yeah, midshipman. On to Sunday. Texans at Jets. Zach Wilson back under center for the Jets. No Tank Dell for the Texans. He, of course, is out for the year after suffering that broken fibula last weekend. Texans three-and-a-half-point road favorites. I'm going to take the Texans. The Texans have played eight straight one possession games. So I, I think this game is between three and seven, but I think it's more than three. So I will go with uh, the Texans with the three and a half, Trey. Yeah, I'm not betting. I'm not putting anything
1: on Zach Wilson. So give me the Texans also. All
0: right. Bill
1: is a reluctant starter for this football team based on the reports from earlier this week.
0: Yeah, that's that's weird, isn't it? Like and they tried to shut those down pretty quickly. But the fact that those reports ever surfaced makes you think that maybe there's a little something, something to it. Uh, Bills at Chiefs, Kansas City, only a one point favorite. The Chiefs coming off that Monday night loss to Green Bay. Uh, Buffalo's 500 right now. The game's at Arrowhead and Kansas City is only minus one. What say you?
1: Buffalo apparently has an argument as the best six and six NFL team of all time. They've got a huge point differential that works in their advantage, but Josh Allen is uh, he struggles to turn the football over at moments. By the same token, not good right now. Uh, did I just cut out for a second
0: there? Yeah, but you're back. Okay, uh,
1: so uh, give me Buffalo to win the game outright, which means they cover that one.
0: Ah, I was gonna go with your uh, logic of this line feels too good to be true, but since you're going Buffalo and I need to make up some ground, I'll I'll take the Chiefs. Okay. And the Chiefs, yeah, uh, one-point home favorite. You don't get that line very often, so I'll take that and run. Uh, Gardner Minshew at Jake Browning. Yeah. There's some god-awful quarterback matchups. I shared with, uh, this with the Buck earlier today. Here it is. I'll share it with you. This is uh, some of the QB matchups that we basically have going on in the NFL this weekend. Gardner Minshew and the Colts taking on Jake Browning and the Bengals. Cincinnati minus two and a half. Ah, uh, jeez. I'll take Indy. I guess I, I don't. I don't know why, but I'll go with the Colts on the road to to win in a wrong team favored game. I don't have a good guess in this one. This is a a horrible game.
1: <laughs> in an effort to try and help you out, I'm gonna take you. You took Indy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm going to take Sensi. I wouldn't feel good about doing anything with this game other than not watching it.
0: Yeah, well, and it's a big game in the AFC playoff picture. Yeah. It's just, you know, Anthony Richardson versus Joe Burrow would have had a little bit more juice to it. Uh, Seahawks at Niners. These two teams met in Seattle on Turkey Day, and it did not go well for the home team. Well, now Seattle is the road team in Santa Clara. The Niners 11-point home favorites trey this is one where it feels
1: like the 49ers are going to win by like 21 points which inevitably in the nfl means that you take the other team so give me seattle to cover the you said nine and a half? Eleven. Eleven and yeah give me the seahawks to cover the eleven they probably lose by eight to
0: ten points yeah i thought you were against betting against the 49ers
1: yeah but i'm
0: back baby making bad decisions left and right <laughs> all right i'll take the niners then Thank you very much for that, and congrats to the Seahawks for covering, because that's probably how it's going to happen, considering what uh, my picks have been like this year. Finally, last but not least, Eagles at Cowboys, the best game of the weekend, not just because it involves a Texas team. It's by far and away the best game of the NFL schedule. Sunday night football, Philly, a a three-and-a-half-point dog in Arlington. I'm going to take the Eagles, man. I I think the Eagles win. So, I know Dallas has that 14-game home win streak. I know Dak's been playing great, but. I just I think the Eagles are better. I think they win.
1: Cowboys outplayed the Eagles, arguably, in Philadelphia not too long ago and still found a way to lose that game. But I think Dallas gets its act together and does win this one, much like Vegas thinks they will by giving them that three-and-a-half-point edge. I have them winning by four to seven points. That means they cover.
0: All right, so we've got four different picks this weekend. You've got the Bills. I've got the Chiefs. You've got the Bengals. I've got the Colts. You've got the Seahawks. I've got the Niners. You've got the Cowboys. I've got the Eagles. So uh, this could get a lot closer after the weekend. This could get a lot uglier for me after the weekend. We'll uh, report back next week. All right, got a few minutes left before we hand things off to Chip and Zay. Chip. Chip, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Is that what you were going for?
1: No, I was going from the uh, Dave Chappelle Voice from killing him softly.
0: Oh, yeah! Oh, Chip, <laughs> that works too. You got a good pest wranglers impression.
1: No, we're going to go record it with Pest Wranglers today. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers.
2: What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it kind of hurt. Pest Wranglers, five. One two six seven zero seven eight zero
1: eight or find us on the web at pestranglers.com.
2: Where are we at in society today?
1: Right, it is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism. As us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out, but sadly today is not that day. And bk we have a general rule of thumb, not just on this show, but in society. Try to avoid, if at all possible, making positive light out of things like Hitler or the 9-11 hijackers. But apparently uh, Sean McDermott did not get that memo Mm. because yesterday he had to apologize for a speech that he gave to his team back in 2019 in which he cited the September 11th hijackers as a positive example of communication and cooperation. The report from... Ty Dune of Go Long was part of a broader look at the supposed problems in the Bills organization under McDermott. The lengthy feature published by Dune said that in a speech to his team in 2019, McDermott used the September 11th hijackers as an example of what great teamwork can accomplish. The tale was not revealed until Dune's article was published this week. It quickly went viral with many on social media baffled that the Bills coach would use such an appalling comparison. And here's Adam Schefter's report on how things played out. At St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, McDermott's morning address began innocently enough. He told the entire team they needed to come together. But then sources on hand say he used a strange model, the terrorists on September 11, 2001. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott started asking specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they used to come together? A young player tried to methodically answer. What do you think their biggest obstacle was? A veteran answered, TSA, which mercifully lightened the mood. So my question for you, BK, is what? tactics do you think the 9-11 hijackers used to come together
0: uh whatever the buffalo bills do i guess i just gotta start watching more bills film and then i'll know exactly how uh 9-11 happened that's how it
1: works out wasn't brian dayball still a part of the bills back in 2019 uh you saying it was an inside job (laughs) maybe brian dayball knows more than any of us have uh, thought he has up to
0: this point oh man what an absurd thing to say if you're saddam mcdermott i mean absurd dude <laughs> just like wh- you know
1: avoid even if you think it just avoid saying something like this out loud you know adolf hitler while overall he was wrong he did have some points on thing
0: <laughs> Well, not all bad yeah he did have some strong points about this group of
1: people. If he had just tried to rid the world of gypsies, then I think everybody would have been on board with that. And by the way, I can say that as somebody who's part gypsy, considering my Armenian roots. Is
0: that how it works?
1: It is. That means you're part gypsy? Armenians are a uh, gypsy-like people, yes. Mm, interesting.
0: Yeah, as, as Jason says, like, why not go the opposite? Why not go seal Team 6 and the teamwork they had to have to you know kill Osama bin Laden? Maybe Maybe that one would have worked. Little better. I don't think anybody would have fought back against that one. That would have been a very galvanizing speech, right? Yeah, like you know, we need to be like terrorists. That's that's not something that's going to get the crowd going. How did Japan
1: pull off Pearl Harbor so well? Mm. Asks Sean McDermott.
0: Before they take uh, Arrowhead, he's going to be like a trail of tears. Remember how that works against the Chiefs and the Indians. Do what they did.
1: What was the Trail of Tears again?
0: This Andrew Jackson, when he was pre or war general, I think before he was president, just getting rid of all the Indians as we tried to go west,
1: like massacre.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of death.
1: Congratulations for remembering something from history class.
0: Is that right? I don't know. I asked you. You gave me a pretty, uh, pretty confident answer, though. We have the uh, we pay homage to it every year at Zilker Park around this time, don't we? With the Trail of Tears, don't we have something going on right now down there? I think that's the Trail of Lights. Not the same. No
1: tears and lights don't typically go together.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. That's a that's a mix up on my part. Classic mix up, though. I'm not the only person who's. Confuse those two? There's no way.
1: Uh, There's a chance that you actually are the only person to confuse Mm -hmm. those two things. Oh, man.
0: We got to get together like Russia did when they invaded Ukraine. Is that McDermott's next speech? So did
1: McDermott, after he gave this speech to these guys and was asking them questions, considering some of the uh, training videos that we saw from the 9-11 hijackers, did he make the team go out and uh, do monkey bars? Out on the practice
0: fields? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. That's just, that's silly. I, I am impressed, though, that it took this long for this story to come out. Like, because the speech happened in, what, 2019, you said? Yeah. Like, that's pretty good in the era of social media where no one can keep their mouth shut. The fact that we went uh, almost five years without hearing about this, not bad. Not bad. Somebody finally squealed and uh, gave this story to some reporter. And look, McDermott shouldn't be fired because of this. Like, I'm not saying he should be canceled. It's just a stupid thing to say. You listen to us, we stay uh, stupid shit all the time. I got fired for every stupid thing I said. I'd be in a completely different industry right now. Mm. Uh, But this this is not good for McDermott because it feels like the Bills are looking for reasons to get rid of him. And now they can just kind of point to this and be like, uh, well, he's also an idiot. Like, not only is he a great foot, is he not a great football coach? But he also is uh, talking about terrorism as a-, a way to bring our players together. Uh, this do- doesn't feel like good timing for McDermott. If the Bills were nine and three right now, it's like I don't think any anybody would care too much about this. But I think Bills fans are like, "All right, another excuse for us to part ways with this guy if we uh, don't make a deep playoff run this year." So,
1: in addressing this report. McDermott did own it yesterday. He said, quote, my intent in the meeting that day was to discuss the importance of communication and being on the same page with the team, which he clearly was not. I regretted mentioning 9-11 in my message that day, and I immediately apologized to the team. So maybe that's part of the reason why it never came to light is that he apologized immediately that day. Not only was 9-11 a horrific event in our country's history, but a day that I lost a good family. Oh, he
0: did that?
1: Yeah, he said I was oh, he
0: was doing so well. And then he said I'm not racist because my friend is black.
1: Step above. I had Facebook friends oh. who died on 9-11. McDermott, you probably just need to leave that part of it out.
0: I'm not anti-Semitic. My accountant's Jewish. I I can't I can't be. Oh. Are
1: there a lot of Jewish accountants out there?
0: Yeah, well, come on. Bear shit in the woods. <laughs> Jeez, that's insensitive. What to bears? To, to the jews we're good with numbers man we're good with money the hairy gay guys you're saying that they go crap in the
1: woods all the time
0: uh bears yeah. is that what they call bears now yeah i didn't know that big
1: hairy gay guys are bears How do
0: you i didn't know think that they
1: use i think that they use indoor plumbing just like the rest of us do that's
0: I don't know how to respond to that, actually. I know. Yeah. I've, I've trapped you in a corner. <laughs> There's really nothing I could say that's <laughs> not going to offend anybody. Damn. All right. Well, McDermott, I don't know. What a what a hilarious story, man. Hilarious story. Uh, God.
1: Does Bill Cosby make a strong drink? Well done, Jake.
0: Now that's a good one right there. I've been looking for another one to add to the arsenal. That could be the one
1: right there. The uh, the drink is moderate. The garnishes are the strong part of the Bill Cosby drink.
0: Uh garnishes, huh? Yeah. Just uh, I'm going to avoid this one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's one o'clock. Look who's here. Chip and Zay. Guys who always love following up, where are we at in society? What's going on here? Who got the dual flex going on? <laughs> I knew
2: Chip was going to hit that thing, so I had to hit it today, you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, yeah, baby. We put the flex cam on, the jumbotron or something?
2: Flex cam. <laughs> yeah, That's what we do. Uh,
0: How we doing? How we doing, boys? Oh, man. Wait till you hear this.
2: Wait till you hear where I've been. Zay knows where I've been I just got a tennis court semifinals of the club championship mixed doubles
0: there you go
2: my wife is a savage she hit this cross angle volley winner we won in a third set tiebreaker 11 9.
0: whoa sir Congratulations. I heard you used a a 9 11 speech before your match today. You you said we need to invade the other team like terrorists.
2: I mean, I just was hanging on for dear life, and my wife came through like a savage. Yo, man, little do y'all know I've been on my Connor Stallion shit and been scouting the opponents for Chip and doing some sign stealing type shit for my guy. I'm so too, it too, baby. Hand, you I'm know sh- what I'm saying? Yeah, whatever whatever they do, they put power. their hands
0: the hands behind their back, right? That's how you uh, share the message to the doubles partner. You're just Zay, watching that.
1: Zay gathering intel like a 9-11 hijacker on September 8th. <laughs> Holy
0: shit. What's wrong with you people? Hey, McDermott, man, he's got us inspired, all right? Oh man. I'm, re- I'm ready to blow something up. So y'all tell yeah. me what we need. Well,
2: Sunday at two. That's the next time it all has to come together. There we go. NFL,
0: so NFL Sunday.
2: I know. I know. You gotta do what you gotta do, baby. It's a
0: champion. Gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta fight through it. Damn, man. All right, guys. Y'all Come have on. a great show today. Appreciate you, fellas. Appreciate you, this. fellas. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you ya.
1: present-